Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, Jay-Z, John Coleman. Dio was popping. <sighs> Damn, that, that was new. Yeah, you know what? Try something different for you, John. That scared me, man. That Tried kinda, something different. You just take a deep breath like that and then bad news is to follow. There's no bad news. I know there is no bad news. Well, I mean, honestly, like I people do get bad news on the daily. Right. You know, they they do. Mm. I, I don't have bad news. God. I live a great life. There I get to go. hang out with people like you. Please keep that enthusiasm up. All right, but if put in perspective, I do. Mm. Like, yeah, do I have teenagers and are teenagers assholes? Sure. Mm-hmm. I love them dearly. Mm-hmm. They are my children. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of them. Yes. I'm proud that they're not me. How about that? <laughs> How do you tell your kid that? You're like, hey, um, I know I know we're mad at you because you bombed that exam or you lied to us, but I'm actually proud that you're not me. Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud that you're mine. Yeah. I'm proud that, you know, I'm so fortunate to get to be your father. But I'm sure you pass along some skills to your children that you see in them. Yeah, like some skills you call like throwing a temper tantrum mm-hmm. a skill. When something doesn't go your way, you throw that object across the garage. I say affinity for quick math, doing uh, quick math maybe. You know what? My children are both decent in math. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, that's, yeah. that's a good thing. You know, something to be good at. Isn't that crazy? I am really good at quick math. Yes, it's awkward how good you are at quick math. But what's crazy, crazy is starting in sixth grade, yeah. Mr. Siemens class. Everybody sucks at algebra and trigonometry. John. I never set a math foundation. I do not understand the most basic math formulas. I I probably couldn't do sixth grade math right now. But you'll see 0.125% and be like, oh, yeah, that's an eighth. Yeah, well, I can do that. (laughs) Look, I can walk into Nordstrom Rack right down the road from our office. First place I'm I'm going to go is the the, the sale rack. And if it says it's 33% off and it says that it's $15, I'm like, oh, that thing's $10. Mm. And someone's like, how'd you do that? I'm like, how'd you not do that? That's an easy one. That's a layup. That's asking me what's 20% of 100. I'm like, it's 20. Whoa, what? Right? Uh, it's more like when you start saying, hey, what's 20% of 17? I'm like, oh, it's $3.40. What? And you're like, what? People don't think like that, man. I, I don't see how they don't. But <laughs> I promise you, um, and my children, if you're listening, which hopefully they don't really listen anymore. They they listen early on. When they day. thought it was really cool when we launched. They, they were the first to think this was cool. But now it's like, dad, stop. What's that? Now, yeah. Now it's like, dad, stop. Yeah. Like, like, you know, now that we have some traction and people like really like what we're putting down and we're starting to grow it and you mm-hmm. have the website coming out in the mm-hmm. next week or two, like... My business partners still aren't like 100% on board with it, which I'm fine with. My kids are kind of like, oh, that's so like 2019. I'm like, well, it's actually 2020 that we launched this, kids. But in their mind, it's so passe. So hopefully they're not listening when I say this. But true story, I'm not proud of this, but I'm willing to fess up to it. I basically cheated my way through math starting in sixth grade. Now, I was an asshole prick of a 12-year-old sitting in the back throwing paper airplanes at Mr. Seaman, who I bet was a phenomenal math teacher. I'm pretty sure as an adult looking back, he was. I should have paid attention. Yep. And so was Mrs. Hess. So was Mrs. Burlingame. All Mm -hmm. teachers that I had, Hess was eighth grade. Burlingame was 10th grade. And I foobarred it. Absolutely foobarred it. I I went into my my, um, UCF education Mm -hmm. with a Bachelor of Arts degree instead of a Bachelor of Science degree because of the math portion. Damn. Yeah, like, I didn't get a degree in finance. I'm like, I don't want to take all that math. 
Mm. Now, looking back, I'm very jealous that next year my kid's probably going to take like AP statistics. I'm like, you know what? I would have loved a course in statistics. As right. much as I love to gamble, right? You right? As, as, as much as I love to optimize businesses and look at various business intelligence as it pertains to, to data, mm-hmm. I probably would have loved a stat course. Right. But hell just, no. Just what didn't do it. Now, like, you're good at math, so that's a good skill. Which is weird. No, Which not. you would think I'm like I'm like I would tell someone I suck at math, but, but obviously know. I can do quick math in right. my head. But that's a good skill to have if you want to be a good loan officer. I would say it's a great skill. It's a skill that I took for granted for the past decade hmm. of onboarding. It took me a decade and the help of other leaders within my organization to recognize that basic. Math skills are required to be a good, if not great, mortgage professional, especially a mortgage loan originator. Let's just do a whole episode on this. Let's do that. You want to do that? That sounds great. Let's just talk about skills needed Mm -hmm. to become a great mortgage loan originator. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be have a career in the mortgage industry and suck at math. I'm going to say, though, that you're going to struggle. I'm going to say that you're going to have a lower ceiling if you can't figure out the most basic math principles. Like, for example, I was with one of my uh, my intern, not my interns, with one of my mentees. Mm-hmm. So something I really am passionate about and that I've been able to do as I've um, grown older in life and older in my career is kind of give back to my local community. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it's uh, my my desire. I have not done this yet. But if I keep putting it out in the universe, you tell me it'll happen. I really do want to work with teens preferably those teens that are transitioning out of the foster care system Mm -hmm. who are, you know, looking for their next move, their career move, the secondary education. Mm -hmm. I would love to find a way to, to mentor those uh, young adults, but I also work with um, students out at the university of central Florida through the college of business. And I'm a mentor and I was talking to one of my mentees. That's what I was getting with, getting out with that one. And I was just trying to explain to her the rule of 72. Right, we talk about this on the show. The rule of 72 is basically take your average rate of return. Some people call it the law of 72. You'll hear me interchange mm-hmm. them. I don't know if one is right and one is wrong. I call them each the same thing. Mm-hmm. Tomato, tomato, Q-tip, cotton swab, what have you. But the rule of 72, for those that have not heard it or hadn't didn't comprehend it the first 20 times mm-hmm. I've talked about it on this show, take your rate of return, divide it into the number 72, and it'll let you know how often your money will double. Mm-hmm. So I gave John $50,000 in January 1st of 2020. Mm-hmm. John invested it into some kind of a mutual fund that the average rate of return is 8%. Mm-hmm. And so I asked this young lady, hey, what's how many times does eight go into 72? And she looked at me like deer in the headlights. I'm like, well, maybe she didn't understand how I asked it. Because any anymore, these kids are learning common core math and I don't get common core math. So I was like, What's 72 divided by eight? I had a blank stare. I'm like, this is fourth grade math. I think nine. Yes, it's fourth grade math. Okay. In third grade, they, t- they teach multiplication tables. By fourth grade, you're learning division. Okay, and it's not even like long division. Yeah. It's like basic division. Yeah, yeah nine. Mm-hmm. So if I gave John Coleman $50,000 in 2020, by 2029, if his average rate of return was 8%, how much money does John Coleman have nine years later? Go ahead and answer that for us, Dustin. I would say nine nine years, ten years. No, how much money do you have? Oh, you started with double, fifty. Double hundred racks. You have a hundred racks. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have a yeah. hundred grand. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's the rule of seventy-two. That's right. the law of seventy-two. When I say quick math, 
you need to be able to run that type of quick math. Mm-hmm. I talked about going to Nordstrom Rack. Mm-hmm. I don't shop at Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. But I will shop at Nordstrom Rack, though. Yeah, right. Go to Nordstrom Rack and then go into the to the sale rack of Nordstrom Rack, mm-hmm. and it's 33% off, and the item is $15. You need to know that one-third of 15 is five. Deduct five from 15, it's $10. Mm. If it's 33% off of 20, then I need to figure out, well, two times 33 is 66, but I need to carry a, a, a decimal, so it's 6.6 or $6.60. Now I need to subtract $6.60 from $20, and that's gonna give me $13.40. Like, I just need to be able to do that in my in my brain. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to see those types of numbers. Not, not within, like, to the penny. I think I did that one correctly, to the penny. Hopefully someone at home got out their calculator. I don't have one. You don't have one mm-hmm. nearby mm-hmm. to where we can double-check ourselves. But even if I said, hey, that thing is 33% off $20, oh, it's going to be somewhere around 13 or 14 bucks. Now I can make the decision, is that shirt or that pair of underwear or those shorts or worth that. 13 or 14 dollars right. right that's the type of quick math so when i'm talking to a future mortgage professional the first thing i'm going to now ask you is are you good at math and do you like math and i'm not talking math that like nasa engineers yeah, use right, right. right like not the type of math that that the google people have to use when they're doing their various formulas for coding mm-hmm. just basic simple math can you go to a restaurant with your friends split the bill and figure out the tip if you can do that, then you're ready. If you can't do that, then I want you to practice that. Just start working on it. Because simple math, I think, is a lot like a lot of things. When I started running, I could not or was not willing to force myself to run nonstop. Like, like right now, I'll go out on Saturday and I'll do a brisk 10K. Right, 6.2 miles, I won't stop. Right. Unless I like have to because a car is going to hit me, mm-hmm. you know, but like for the most part, I'm not going to stop. When I started running two years ago, it's two years ago, two years ago, I would jog for two minutes and walk a minute. Mm-hmm. I would jog two, walk, walk one, jog two, walk one. Then I jogged four, walked one, jogged six, walked one, jogged nine, walked one. I did that for like a year until finally I went on a run with my buddy Joey. And Joey's like, hey, we're going to complete this 15K and we're not going to stop. So already quick math. Mm, How many miles is a 15K? I don't know. Yeah, you don't know, neither do I. But here's what I do know. I do know that a 5K is 3.1 miles. Mm. So I know that 5 to 15, well, it's three times. So what is 3.1 times 3? Oh, it's 9.3. 9.3 miles. So when I ran 9.3 miles with Joey, Joey was kind of my, my guide. I got on his shoulder. Sometimes he had get in my ear and, you know, use choice words to keep me motivated. Mm -hmm. But he showed me that I could do it. Mm. People who aren't good at quick math, you can become good just by practicing, right? Like when you go to the restaurant, try to figure out what the tip is at 15, 18, 20, and 22%. Don't use the cheat sheet that the restaurant gives you anymore, (laughs) right? When you're tipping your bartender, try to figure it out in your head. Even if you have to start with a little piece of paper, Mm Right. But then you sh- the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can count in eighths because I've been doing it since 2004. Right. right. So you can say, hey, Dio, it's three eighths minus a quarter plus a half. And I'd be able to spit out the number. Right. right it's right, just right. my I've trained my brain to think mm-hmm. that way. So that's the one skill. Right. And that's the one skill. The reason why we started with it is because it's the foundation, really. Well, mm-hmm. I always assumed that 
my fault. What happens when you assume things? Mm-mm. What happens? Nothing you make good. an ass out of you and me, right? Yep, yep. You know that one, right? Yes. Yeah, if you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a play on letters there because of how assume is pay- spelled, correct. right? All right. Um, I just assumed that everyone just could do basic math because I never considered myself a good math student mm-hmm. because I started cheating my way through math starting in sixth grade. All right. Well, I've learned that I should have been asking that question mm-hmm. because we've recently onboarded some awesome professionals mm-hmm. that are deficient in their math skills. Great people. Oh, they're going to be great mortgage professionals. Right. But now when they go home at night, when they're on the treadmill, when they're doing their workout, I need them doing exercises, mm-hmm. doing homework where they're just doing simple math problems in order to train their brain to think that way. I need them to go back to third, fourth and fifth grade mm-hmm. And be able to do those basic things quickly in their head. Right. So that's the very first skill set that I would ask someone. Make sure that you like and are good at basic math. Okay. And if you aren't good at it, are you willing to get good? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to just test yourself on the daily? Okay. All right. The second skill set. And this is maybe not necessarily in any particular order, but I'm going to try to put it in a particular order. Okay. Do you like people? Mm. Like, do you like people, genuinely like people? Are you a people person? They're all right, some of them. Not all the time. Actually, not really. Okay. <laughs> this this profession might not be for, for, for people who don't necessarily like people. Mm-hmm. Now, I've watched you, John, both professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. Now, you can turn it up. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, you can turn it up. So if you can turn it up and turn it on for eight hours to ten hours oh, a day, yeah. then, okay, m- maybe that would be a caveat or an asterisk. But you okay. have to genuinely like people because – the profession of mortgage loan origination, even mortgage processing, mm-hmm. even a little bit mortgage underwriting, like you are helping people who have fears, anxieties, who are clueless, who maybe have gone to Google and they think they know what they're doing, but really they don't. <laughs> yep. But due to pride, they're afraid to tell you they don't know what they're doing or they're yep. afraid to ask you questions mm-hmm. because they may come across as dumb. And I'm like, you're supposed to be not dumb, but ignorant because you don't do this for a living. And I do like, I always tell people like, don't expect me to come into your profession, know more about it than you do. I don't expect you to come into my profession and and know more about it than I do. Mm -hmm. But you have to like people because we work with people. We help average everyday Americans achieve the dream of homeownership Mm -hmm. period. End of story. So or do so you got to like people. Do you like to problem solve? Yeah. That's a major part of it. It's a huge part of it. Like this is, this is a job where it's stressful Mm -hmm. because things are messy, Mm -hmm. but we have careers because things are messy. Like that's the biggest thing for people to understand when they're entering the business. It's like, if it were easy, a, everyone would do it, but B, no one would need us. That's the biggest thing I've realized coming in is just how much like, okay, you you pull their credit, you get a score, you give them a check. No. And there's so many different factors and variables that it is very much problem solving like a Rubik's cube. However, if you like dissecting that problem and figuring out and putting it together, there is some sense of satisfaction and joy when you're able to do it. Yeah, there's a big part of I don't know. Well, I don't know. Like when a consumer calls and they ask a question and they say, hey, do you finance in this community? And I'm like, well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, I need to figure out what what which of the three properties you're buying because maybe I don't finance the part that's um, deed restricted 55 plus and the homes are manufactured homes. Right. But if you're buying in the part that single family homes, I do. 
right? Like, like, mm-hmm. like that's just the, the uniqueness of it. There's so much of it. Well, I don't know. I don't have the information. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a great credit score. I'm like, okay, but that's only a small part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have to be a really good problem solver. I talked to a guy last night driving home and uh, this person's in a, like a messy situation. It's a normal situation, mm-hmm. but it's still messy, right? It's like, hey, I'm self-employed, but my spouse is not. I'm pretty sure that we're getting divorced. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, who's going to keep the home? Are you going to pay alimony? Are you going to pay child support? Are you, you know, and, and it was like, uh, I don't know. Like I was just calling to see if you could finance a home in this community. Cause I think I'm going to need to buy it. Cause I think I'm going to have to move out. And I'm like, all right, well, okay. You know, let's take a big take step, a step back. back. Yeah. Yes. Take a deep yeah. breath. Yes. Take a step back. Okay. Yeah. All so right. like, yeah. So the, the gotta be good at basic math. Mm-hmm. Got to be able to just, just crank out quick math mm. in your head will make you a great mortgage professional. You have to genuinely like people and you have to be a great problem solver, mm. right? And, and by being a problem solver, you also have to have a, a certain amount of like self drive or motivation to want to go out and seek the answers on your own. Because in this profession, sometimes you're going to feel like you're in a, on an island. Yeah. You're going to need to go do research on your own, on I'm, your yeah. own, like <laughs> programs, products, and guidelines that are sometimes thousands of pages long. Yeah. You need to figure out how to use control F on a PDF file. For real. Like you need to learn how to use the search bar in Google. Mm-hmm. Then you need to be able to decipher, well, what was the date this was published? Right. Because sometimes you're, you, you found the answer, but the answer is three years old. And that's not applicable today. And it's not applicable today. So, you know, people need to be able to, to be resourceful is the word I was looking right, for. Right, resourceful. Like, are you resourceful? Because if you're sitting back and relying on others, you may be sitting back for a while. Because most people that I know in the mortgage business are going 100 miles an hour in three different directions. Mm-hmm. And they ain't got time for that. Yeah. Like, hey, I need this but I need you to go figure out how to do it or how to get it done or who to call to yeah, get it. I can't hold your hand through this process. Yeah, yeah. If, if you sit back and wait, like if I sit back and wait for my client to get me what 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 I need. Bro, you're not closing on time. You know, I'm not going to close <laughs> on time, right? Because my client doesn't do what I do for a living. Right. My client might not even really understand what, what it was, but because of their pride, they didn't verbalize to me, I really don't know what that means, mm. right? Sure, I, I'll get that to you by end of day. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I need you to go ahead and reach out to the IRS and get me a tax transcript. Sure thing. Yeah, and do you know what a lot of people do when 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 they don't know what to do? Google. No, they do nothing. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, they too. do nothing. So if I'm a do nothing person and my clients do nothing person, we're doing nothing and getting nowhere quickly. Sounds great. Yeah, right. you know, it's like no, yeah. you have to understand like your role in the transaction is to be the driver. Your your role in the transaction is to be the person who goes out and solves problems, who finds answers, mm-hmm. right? If if I'm relying on a title company to get me something and three days has passed, it's on me to follow, to, 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 to follow up, to reach out. Like one of my favorite books by Jocko, Extreme Ownership. Never heard of it. I've never heard you bring yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> talk about all the time, but at some point, you got to take extreme ownership. So the people who do well in this industry mm-hmm. are people who are resourceful, right? People who take extreme ownership, people who are great problem solvers, mm-hmm. people who well, genuinely like, like people, people and they're good at math. So let's start talking about like like what industries right. does that does that apply to? Right. Believe it or not, ex law enforcement, those people are really good at research. They're really good at details, and they're really good at connecting with people, mm. right? Because because policing a lot is about the people, it's about the community. It's having to walk into various situations with a a a calmness 
and deal with all walks of life, right? Whether it's the domestic dispute in the fancy, ritzy, gated community, right? Or whether it's um, the 18-year-old acting amok in a low to moderate income community, right? Whether it's drugs or whether it's domestic violence, I mean, it's like, like they, was a traffic stop? Like mm-hmm. they, they have to, but I've also found that's a, although it's a great transferable skill. Mm-hmm. My question to anyone coming out of that particular industry is what is your entrepreneurial drive, mm-hmm. right? That's something I would tell someone, someone entering this industry, especially as a loan officer, how entrepreneurial are you? On a scale of one to 10, 10 is extremely entrepreneurial. I'll only work for myself. I wanna, I'm betting all on me, come hell or high water, I'm gonna be successful and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to lead generate. One is, mm, I'm waiting to sit back for you to hand me an Excel sheet with numbers to call. Yes, yeah, and there's many people who come from other professions who if you give them a task, they'll dominate I'll the hell it, out of it. But don't expect me to start the task on my own. Correct. Don't expect me to go out and find the task. Right. Don't expect me to go out and find the task. Mm. So although law enforcement does come with a very awesome transferable skill of their good problem solvers, they're great at connecting with people. Mm. Um, they're usually they're, they're helpers, mm. right? By nature, they're good at writing reports, which yeah. means they're detail oriented, which you also need to do. Like in order to be successful in the mortgage industry, you need to be detail oriented. Mm. You need to be organized. You also need to be somewhat entrepreneurial. Yeah. You need to be a go-getter, a self-starter, mm-hmm. right? Those are all things. Are you a self-starter? Are you a go-getter? So whatever industry you're coming from, did they, were you ever given autonomy to launch a department? Were you given full control of whether or not your branch was successful or not? Right? Because those are things that, that you're definitely looking to, to, to transfer. Right. You, know, you could be the best CPA, which means you're great with numbers. Hey, I'm awesome with numbers. Hey, I need you to go talk to people. No, thank you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm an introvert. Don't do well with that. I started getting into sweaty armpits. Yep. I just want to sit here and crunch numbers all day long. I've realized that I work in here like a professional or ex-athletes or collegiate athletes or just someone that played at a very high level, regardless of the sport, also tend to be very good. Um, Yes. Ex-athletes are great for sales jobs in general. Right. Right? I don't care if it's a financial advisor, life insurance, sales, car sales, mortgage, um, they're because in they're, they have a high drive about them. They're competitive. Mm. Like what, what, how competitive are you? Whether it's with yourself or with others, yeah. you know, like I'm very competitive with myself mm-hmm. with others. I would say not as much, you know, I don't mind someone being a better golfer than me. I mind whether or not I shot like shit. Right now, if you pair me with a like-minded golfer, mm. I'm going to want to win. Right. I, I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to want to win. Right. If I get hired to go do a speaking engagement, I promise you I want to be <laughs> yeah. one of the speakers that's rated the highest. Yeah. yeah, I just do. Like, I do have that competitive streak about me. Mm-hmm. I played not like at a high, high level, but I played sports my whole life. And mm-hmm. then we, we competed at, you know, some state championship level stuff at the mm-hmm. high school level. Right. And, and I think that that transferred over. And we have guys like Casey McElroy here who, you know, played professional baseball. And, you know, when, when hiring Casey, although we knew he didn't know how to use a calculator or Outlook. Literally. True story. We also knew that he had overcome a lot in his career and he had competed at the highest level. So I knew he was coachable mm-hmm. and I knew he was competitive. I knew he knew what it take to 
grind, embrace the suck, stick it out and see something through. So like that was a skill set or a personality trait that we were trying to hire for. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would add that to the list. Like if we're doing a show, which I guess we are (laughs) on transferable skills, then, then those are things that we're looking for, and and maybe some things that that we're cautious seeing, cautious, caut- cautious about, ca- yeah, cautious about, I guess, cautioning, yeah. it's cautioning, cautioning. cautioning, yeah, against, yeah, and an introvert more than likely doesn't have much of a career path when dealing with clients, right. which who deals with clients, loan partners, loan officer assistants, loan officers mortgage processors are there are there any like professions that you see someone coming from that like hey, i like your personality but like ah, i see what you did before and like i don't know aside from the introvert side any like i don't know like it programmer is there any like skill, any traits like hey that's like you probably wouldn't make a good or it would be well, more I, difficult for you to become a successful loan officer no i wouldn't put it on any particular industry because i think all industries pull all all walks of life like we could stereotype mm-hmm. Software engineers. And be like, yeah, a software engineer probably wouldn't do well. But that's not fair, right? right? Because I, I know a young lady who's currently a student out over at USF, which I can't believe that's actually a school. And I said that. But let's just say that school over in West Central Florida, whose colors are green and gold. Mm-hmm. And you look at her and you listen to her. And although her, her degree and what she's studying is computer science, mm-hmm. no, nah, I'd hire her in the mortgage industry all day long. Okay. Right. I look at someone like my son, who's a little bit younger than this young lady, and he's expressed interest in the mortgage industry. And I keep on pushing him like he has fallen in love with computer uh, coding and programming. Mm -hmm. And he's really good at it, which I think that's also why he's falling in love with it. He's good at it. And I'm like, nah, I'll push him to that side because those industries still need people who can speak and present. They still need. some client interfacing. Right. Now, maybe the clients there are like, you know, CEOs, CTOs, CIOs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if my son can learn the skill set and work within an industry where maybe his peers are introverts, maybe his peers have a hard time connecting emotionally with other human beings, right. maybe he can be that guy who does it. Right. right? So I keep on like pushing him in, in yeah. that particular direction. Right. Um, so I wouldn't say one particular doesn't, but there's definitely some that do. Okay. Right. People who, who have succeeded at a high level in anything that is entrepreneurial or sales. I don't care if you're a club promoter. I don't care if you sold clothes at Tom James. I don't care if you're over at Northwestern Mutual selling life insurance, um, homeowners insurance. Like, and there's certain things that, that, that pose well because maybe you're coming with a database of clients, mm. right? Like that's not even a skill set. That's just like an added value <laughs> or a perk. Like when people ask me, hey, you got that guy, Mike Williams, who crushed it in his first 12 months. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like I tell people that in your first 12 months as a loan officer, you know, depending on where you go to work and your setup, you'll probably make on average 48 to 72 grand a year. Mm-hmm. All right. That's if you make it. Mm-hmm. If you make it the first 12 months, not everyone Biggest. makes it the Biggest. first 12 yeah. months. Mike did like four to five times that. Hold my beer. Yeah. But you know what Mike did? Mike came over with a thousand people yes, he did. who were already his clients in a different industry mm-hmm. who knew his cell phone number. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, the same people who buy cars are the same people who buy houses. Probably need a garage to park that car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same people who, who, who buy cars already own homes. And they want someone to help them save money on a refinance. Yeah, I'm your, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like Mike was their guy, whether it's for a car, a mortgage, buying a house, like that's their guy. 
Mike's their guy if they need a financial advisor. Yeah. They know, hey, I'll call Mike. He's not a financial advisor, but he knows one, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's not necessarily a skill set, but that's definitely something we as hiring managers look for. Mm-hmm. Hey, how big's your circle of influence? How big's your sphere? Someone may come in and say, hey, look, I've been the call center manager for this particular cell phone carrier where we worked in collections. Mm. Ooh, okay. Mm. I know call center people are some of the best trained people for, for giving good phone. Yeah. Right. If you're in collections, you know how to problem solve. Oh, yes. Right. And if you're managing a bunch of call center, then you have some leadership skills that are going to transfer into maybe you leading your own team or your own book of business. Mm-hmm. I may be willing to hire that person over because of that particular. And then I'm going to ask them this. How big is that call center you work in? Like, oh, we have like 300 employees. Damn. Oh, yeah. I'm like, <clears throat> you friends with them? Oh, they all love me. Oh, we all go out together. That sounds like a referral source. That sounds like a referral source. Yeah, that's one of the first things that, that, that we're going to talk about is how can you build or develop an, an infinity relationship with that particular employer where maybe you get in there every single quarter and you bring pizza and you teach a lunch and learn on how to buy a house. Yeah. You know, maybe you bring you one of your realtors with you. you know, so, yeah. again, not necessarily transferable. Well, yes, the transferable skill set would have been coming from a call center where you did something shitty like collections. That's a terrible, terrible, terribly hard and difficult and not fun job. It's not a terrible job. It's a good job. It's a good job that pays well, but it's one that man, it takes a certain personality type. You're calling people who are down on their luck, who may scream at you, who may cry, right? Who may, who may unload their life's problems on you and yet to show them sympathy and empathy. But at the same time, find a way to to mitigate your company's losses by finding a way to collect the payment from yeah. from them yeah yeah that's a skill set that would that would be transferable as long as are you good at basic math do you like people like just generally do you like people are you a good problem solver and then what do you like in terms of like presentation do you look good do you smell good do you dress good do you speak well these are things that matter right like it's i Dion put it out there, but I'm a huge proponent of look good, feel good, feel good, play good, right? You got to get, get, get up in the morning, get dressed, put on uniform, come to work mm-hmm. and do your thing, right. right? So when you're looking into this as a career, ask yourself, do I look the part? Do I smell the part? Do I sound the part? And if I don't, am I willing to mm-hmm. go out and, and do what it takes to look the part, smell the part, speak the part? Right, you, I speak differently when I'm at a football game than I do when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. I speak differently when I'm out at the barn than I do when I'm here. Mm-hmm. Right, so like you don't necessarily have to be one way all the time. My question is, can you put on your uniform? And your uniform may be your speech pattern. It may be the words that you use. It may be your mannerisms. Mm-hmm. But like I think those that's a is that a skill set, John? Yeah. Yeah. Self-awareness, knowing where you are. That's self. Are you self-aware to know kind of your surroundings? Yeah. Can you be chameleon-like? Right. Can you be all things to most people? You can't be all things to all people. Look, like we talk about this all the time. I think I just posted about it a a few days or weeks ago on LinkedIn about, um, I think, and I think it's a Zig Ziglar saying, maybe it's not, maybe Zig stole it from someone else and who stole it from someone else, but it's the whole there's enough people willing to do business with me that I don't need to do business with people who don't okay. like, yeah, that's why I said like, you know, that you, you need to be all things to most people. Yeah. You can't be all things to all people. There's going to be some people that, Hey, I just don't next mess with you. Yep. best four letter word in, in sales next. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to move on. Nice. Can you think of any other, um, skill sets that would be transferable? Uh, 
being willing to stick it out two years. Yes. Being able to stick it out. Yes. Stick to it withness. Yeah. That's my own word. I made it up. Yeah. But like, can you stick to it? Can you be persistently consistent? Yes. Can you wake up every single day, come to work, do as you're taught to do, whether you do it well or not, doesn't matter in the beginning. What matters is you get better, 1% better mm -hmm. per day. And can you stick it out even when you have a bad day? Yeah. Because coming in and giving half effort is better than coming in than, than not yeah, coming yeah. in at all. Right. Now, you can't come in and give half effort every day. Mm -hmm. But if you're having a bad day, have a bad day, but still get through your day. Mm -hmm. Still show up. So much of it is showing up and picking up the phone. Right? So, like, yeah, what's your mental staying power? Mm -hmm. Here's It's not a skill set, but here's a, 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 um, a requirement for many. Mm -hmm. What type of cash do you have in the bank? Ooh. What's your financial support system look like? Yikes. And this doesn't just apply to loan officers. This is anybody who's going out on their own. Mm. Do not anticipate your first six months bringing in any revenue. Mm. If you do, high five and kudos to you. It, it takes a while to build a client base, to build a following. That's really smart. I think most, I wouldn't even think about that until honestly just now. Like you want to start this job and be like, bro, I have nothing saved. And then that causes stress and that causes you not to like your job. And that it's like a roll, it's a snowball effect. Well, yeah. And, and then with stress comes fight or flight. Right. Do I stick this out or I just. Well, and, and some of us don't know. Right. Like we all have a plan to get punched in the face. That's Mike Tyson, by the way. We all have a plan to get punched in the face. Yep. Literally or figuratively. Yeah. You're going to get punched in the face. Right. Okay, well, you do, do you have a plan? Do you have a contingency? Are you prepared for it? And I think that's a mindset. Do you have the right mindset that you're going to come in saying, hey, I know that the first six months I'm going to starve. I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to have a high level of anxiety because I'm not making money and I really don't know what I'm doing and I'm trying to figure it out, right? What did Aixa tell us when she was on here? Like, she's <laughs> like, um, like she, I have no, she's like, I, every day I come in, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Like this is someone who, who is licensed. Hell, yeah, this she, is someone who, who graduated from Zenix's ground school yeah. and she comes in and she's like, I'm overwhelmed. That was her word. I'm overwhelmed. So you're going to be overwhelmed and not making money. Do you have the staying power both mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially? Because mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to leave it on this especially those who are wanting to become loan officers or recently became loan officers. And recently, I mean, in the last two years, it is hard period. End of story. It's hard. It's not easy. It is not, it's easy to become a loan officer. Mm -hmm. It is easy to get started. There's a fairly low barrier of entry. We're not requiring a certain degree. We're not requiring a master's or an MBA. Okay. But if to, to become successful and to become consistent, it's not easy. Doing loans itself is not easy. Sure, there's some easy loans, mm. but loans aren't supposed to be easy because if they were, everyone would do it. If it were, they wouldn't pay us so much money to do them. Okay, people are messy. Our job is to help them sort through the mess to achieve the dream of homeownership. Plus, so please, if I haven't made this like emphatically clear, it's not easy. But what's crazy? Those that make it, it's pretty easy to make hundred grand in this business. That's why people, I think, get into this industry, sometimes for the wrong reason. Oh, it's easy to make hundred grand. Well, yeah, compared to other professions, comparing it to nursing, law enforcement, comparing it to um, even the engineering or general business, especially retail, yeah. right? Like I look at all these other industries that you could enter into, this industry is easy 
to make a hundred thousand. If that's what your goal was, right. like, oh, I want to make six figures. Okay. I'll make a hundred grand. Okay, cool. Yeah, this one's easy. I think you could do it in year two. Mm. If not year one. I've seen people do it in year yeah. one. They work here. Some of them have been on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but the job itself is not easy. I think that's why we kicked it off with like, what are some of the characteristics? What are some of the skill sets that, that you're looking for? And if you're trying to do a career change, that's totally cool, right? I did a career change in, the, in this industry. My partner, David Holbrook, did a career change into this industry. Very few went to college and said, I want to be a mortgage loan originator. Right. And that was their first job. Right. In fact, even those that became mortgage loan originators, they still just kind of fell into it. Yeah. They're like, hey, I needed a job at 22. My mom or dad knew somebody who knew somebody. They got me an interview, so I became a loan partner. And then from there, I became uh, a junior LO, and now here I am, 25 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm a kick-ass loan officer. Mm -hmm. yep. But when I was 21 and I was a junior going into my senior year, this was not what I thought I'd be doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm glad I found it, and I'm glad it found me because I've never been so happy. You know, like, that's the story of those of, of us that, who make it in this industry. That's typically our story. We need to look at what we're doing, whether it's a personality trait or a skill set from another career, and try to figure out how does my previous experience allow me to come into this industry and do well. And a previous experience could have been on being on a championship team, working really hard to achieve some kind of a athletic goal. Um, it could have been a skill set that's transferring because your current job requires you to make 100 sales calls a day. Yeah. True story, right? Yeah. Like I was talking about my buddy Andrew who has to make like 70, 80 outbound calls a day. To, and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I could just get my mortgage loan originators <laughs> to, to make 15. Yeah, yeah, what? You make yeah, 100 a yeah. day? They would crush it. Crush it. They would crush it. That's a transferable skill set. Yes. And if Andrew ever said, Dio, I want to come to the mortgage industry, I I'm going to drop what I'm doing, <laughs> right? I'm going to give him an employment application so we can do a background check, yeah. a credit check, and I'm going to order him Xenix because, hey, we're hitting the <laughs> yeah. ball running. Yeah. I want someone like him. Right. Now, I'm going to tell him, Andrew, I can't guarantee you're going to love, love this job, right? Because you do have to like people. Mm -hmm. You do have to want to problem solve and invest in them and be good at math, mm -hmm. right? Like those are certain things that, that you that you need to do. But I do love the fact that he's coming from an arena where he picks up the phone every single day and does outbound calls. Yeah, that was great. You think that was beneficial? I think it was. I hope it was. Yeah. Like our ultimate goal every single episode is we want to educate, entertain first and foremost. Mm -hmm. If we can motivate along the way, that's fantastic. If we can inspire, we knocked it out of the park, yep. right? That's why we're launching tloponline.com, right? That's why we're all over social media, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at the Loan Officer Podcast. We put this program on YouTube so you can see us. Mm -hmm. The YouTube channel is the Loan Officer Podcast. Please subscribe, mm -hmm. right? Please comment. Please engage. We, we love, like that. Love that. We love that, right? Mm -hmm. If you'd like to listen to us, you can listen to us. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google. Anywhere you can find a podcast, that's where we are. Yep. And if you want to engage one-on-one -on -one with us, in order to find John's contact information, he's going to make you Google him. Yep. Just John Coleman. <laughs> okay? Me, LinkedIn's probably the best and easiest way to find me. I am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. If you have show suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Yep. If you have questions or commentary, feel free. Yes, sir. Feel free. We will do our best to respond in the most timely manner mm -hmm. that we can. Yep. But we appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't done so already, like us, share us, tell your friends to tune in. The more you guys tune in, the more that this show grows, yep. the more John and I will want to continue doing it yep. and continuously work on ourselves, becoming 1% better per day. That's all the time we have for today. We will catch you on the next episode. Peace.